Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. More than a feeling, more than a feeling, more than a feeling, more than a feeling. All right, you got into that one. Yeah, man, that was very happy. Yeah, that's the best part. Okay. Hey, everyone. How's it going? You're listening to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And we're joined for our very first video guest ever. Craig, look at... You're on all the cameras. I'm trying... I'm looking at all three of them. I mean, everybody's going to see this. I'm like, okay, which one do I address? Oh, crap. Uh, But we're doing this on... The red lights are on. Oh, Jimmy Uh, once again forgot to change the shirt so that the illusion has been broken. We know that all of these last three podcasts have been recorded at the same time. I'm back. Better than ever. <laughs> and it's a brand new day. Papa's got a brand new shirt. Uh, that could be either something we did. So today we are doing, uh, similar to what our episode with Corbin Hostler was, we're doing a sort of a mini deck tech slash deck doctors of a deck that Craig has. And this is actually an archetype that we talked about the other day on the show on our Color Wheel Blue episode, which is Mono Blue. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Talrand Sky Summoner. But first, let's talk about our sponsor for the show, Card Kingdom. Some exciting news. Yeah, we've got a contest. Ooh. So when you're hearing this, which is beginning on October 4th, Card Kingdom is having uh, an Inventor's Fair contest. Ooh, that's really exciting. There's going to be three distinct challenges. So there's three different ways that you can enter. The first challenge is to brew a casual deck using Etherflux Reservoir. Challenge number two is to brew a commander deck using Rashmi, Eternity's Crafter, uh, as its general. I think you mean Rashmi. Rashmi. <laughs> Sorry, Shivam. And challenge number three, build a standard deck using Etherworks Marvel. So these are three cards, all from Kaladesh. Uh, entries must be submitted by Sunday, October 9th. And we're going to select finalists for each of the three challenges by the 11th. And Card Kingdom is going to present uh, the decks to us and also two of our friends, uh, the Loading Ready Run podcast and the Magic the Amateuring podcast. We're going to judge the finalists for the Rushmi Eternity's Crafters EDH deck, and the winner is going to be chosen between the 11th and the 14th, and you're going to receive a booster box 
of Kaladesh. So that's really exciting. You get a chance to be uh, judged and have a deck looked at by Loading Ready Run, MTA Cast, and ourselves. The Etherflux Reservoir deck will be judged by Loading Ready Run, and to submit, you email your deck list to etherfluxreservoir at cardkingdom.com. The second challenge, uh, the one judged by us, the Rushme Attorneys Crafter EDH deck. Send a deck list to rushme at cardkingdom.com. And for the third entry, which is the uh, Etherworks Marvel Standard Deck, that's going to be judged by Magic the Amateuring. And to submit, you email your deck list to etherworksmarvel at cardkingdom.com. Yeah, so if you guys want to find out more of the contest rules, go to cardkingdom.com slash static slash adventures fair. And of course, there's going to be all the links in the description below, which is the best way to find out uh, all the correct emails and all that stuff. So really exciting. You could win a box of Kaladesh. I mean, you should enter all three because that's three chances to win a booster box of Kaladesh. Yeah. Remember, you need to enter between now and the 9th, October 9th, which is a Sunday. Yeah, so you guys have five days from the release of this podcast to do so. All right. Get on it. Yeah. We should introduce Craig. Did we introduce Craig? Uh, no. Hello, Craig. How you going? I'm going good. How, how are you going? <laughs> how are you going, Craig? How you doing, Craig? So Craig's been on the show a places. lot. Craig's one of the main reasons that I play Commander. Craig has the most decks out of all of us. He is the... He has the most cards I out of all of us. I not. I just... Discar I just uh, took apart four decks, so I'm down to 21, including my oh, three man. girlfriends. 21. So I might 18 have you. of mine. Oh, I've got you then. Yeah. You got more decks than Craig? We did it! Hey! We did it! <laughs> Why are we celebrating? Number one! <laughs> I'm the Michael Phelps of our playgroup. Nice. I mean, as far as having that more decks, true. not necessarily that winning more. person to aspire you to You do be. have kind of the win rate. Because uh, you have the... the I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. No, um, no, I do not. Yeah, that'd be. I know what you guys ridiculous. are doing right now. Phelps, Phelps has done some ridiculous things. Yeah, I, I, he needs to today. be unseated. That maybe was take a him bit off the ambitious. throne. He might be it might by have been ambitious uh, Ledecky. I'm talking about Josh in terms of our <laughs> no. We're see, we're playing Unseat tonight Josh. after this, and uh, I know what they're doing, and you know what they're doing. Everybody knows. We know what you're doing, people. What are you talking about? Everyone I know what you're doing. Josh. <laughs> um, so Craig is also known as our resident Infect expert. Uh, you yep. are the only person in our playgroup that plays Infect. Um, Love it. You do, indeed. And uh, you have a very great style of building decks. I love the decks that you build. They're always very streamlined, um, and they often have cards that make me go, whoa. Yeah, um, that's a card? That, no way. Because uh, you've been collecting for a very long time. And usually, like the cards that you see that you're like, whoa, I was probably playing against somebody else. And they played it on me, and I was like, "Whoa!" You <laughs> like they they made that, they printed that. Craig's mm -hmm. one of those guys who, you, in the middle of the game, he'll pull out his phone and he'll be like writing down cards into his notepad. Oh, absolutely, taking it out, yeah. taking a picture of the card. Being he'll be like, like "What is that? Okay, yeah. I, I need to. I'm yeah. going to how get that, that card. How is that now. comboing off of that? And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing that to you later. Um, <laughs> so, Craig. Yeah, Craig. So recently, you've actually put all of your decks on TappedOut.net, and has that been very helpful for you? It's been incredibly helpful. I mean, it really helps to kind of break the deck down in ways you haven't thought of it yet. It'll give you immediately the converted mana cost of all the cards that are non-lands. Mm -hmm. um, it'll tell you the breakdown of what's, you know, what's blue, what's an artifact, what's a sorcery, you know. So and uh, the converted mana cost of each card, which then you can click on and see which, like, it'll highlight which ones are seven mana cost. So you can break it down that way, and it's uh, it's really helped me to really finalize the decks 
because it, it allows you to kind of like look at it from uh, mm-hmm. one standpoint rather than flipping through and being yeah, you like, get like a big picture perspective. Yeah, yeah. Do I have a consecrated sphinx in here? Yeah, and they'll show you what you know color breakdown and stuff is on your decks. Uh, also, what, the mana curve is really like yeah. you can look and the graph will be like, oh man, I have way too many high drops in here because mm-hmm. the graph just goes up, up, up. Yeah. Yeah. So the deck that we're doing today is your Tauron Sky Summoner deck. Uh, we're doing a pseudo deck doctors on the list. It's actually one that me and Josh have played against multiple times. We've now. referenced it on the show many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because it always comes out as a response deck to what <laughs> something that's happening. And you, you told, know, Craig's frustrated when it, the Tauron deck comes out. It was kind of built for that. It was built to either be a response to I got beat and I'm going to counter everything that you've done, mm-hmm. or <laughs> As support, so like I used oh, to, support. yeah. When I used to play two-headed giant, exactly. Yeah. When we right. used to play at the card shop, we'd play secret partners and we'd play two-headed giant, and it was I love that format. So I built this. You know, when I saw Talrand, I was like, oh, oh my god, like so many thoughts. And uh, let's Talrand's text is two blue blue for a legendary Merfolk wizard. He's a two-two, and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you put a two-two blue Drake creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So we're specifically talking about your deck, which is a counter spell heavy deck. Yes. It's what we'd call a permission deck. Yeah. Like, can I cast this? Does it resolve? Yeah. And if Craig's like, no, I get a 2-2 Drake, that Drake's coming at you later. Now, it's interesting because um, this deck, I, I like it, but I don't think I've ever seen it win. It It's not Unless built it's- to win outright on its own. Mm-hmm. So it's built as it's it's built as what it is. It's really built as like a support deck. Like I really shouldn't be playing it one against like in a four or five player game, um, which is why there's a card uh, that I want to talk about later that I'm thinking about putting in. That'll give me more options for possibly game game winners and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't it, really build it to be a game. It's winner. super good in two headed giant or three headed giant though. I know many times you pulled that out in that situation. And then oh, your yeah. your team's very likely to win because the deck is so good at just stopping the opponent's like really important things. It kind of gets unfair at that point, especially if you were playing with another control deck that has like some sort of attack capability. Because the mm-hmm. fact, like the fact that this is a control deck that's just counter, counter, counter. But then if you get Drakes on top of it, like two two flyers, so you have blockers and attackers, especially in two headed giant, that's huge, and. You know, the, which is why there's a lot of ramp in here to try and get Talrand out as fast as possible so you get those drakes. Now, let's actually talk about the stats on your list. Um, and it's interesting because if you look at the deck, there's actually five sources of mana ramp. Uh, seven if you count Mana Drain and High Tide, both of our cards that are sort of one-off ramp cards. Uh, but five total. You have eight card draw spells. You only have two single target removals, but I, you could kind of consider a counter spell to be a single target removal. Because I mean, it, it really is. It really is. And in that case, the number jumps up to like 13, 14. Uh, you have two board quote unquote wipes because this is mono blue. You don't really have board wipes. You have stuff like Cyclonic Rift, which just bounces everything. Um, and uh, in terms of tutors, you have two tutors that look for instance and sorceries. And you have two instant and sorcery sort of buyback cards, cards that like Archaeomancer, you don't have that in your deck, but cards that will go be like, you can get this instant or sorcery back to your hand. You have it in instant or sorcery form. 31 instants, 13 sorceries, and three spells that are uncounterable. So I'm curious actually as to why you don't have as many tutor and buyback options in a deck like this, because this deck wants to play the long game because you're not going to win the short game. We talked about this in our, in our, in our Color Wheel Blue episode that... Blue plays a very reactive game over a long period of time and isn't very fast out the gate. So I think the first thing that really came to mind here is 
Well, if you don't have ways to get your spells back, how are you going to win a long game if you're doing one-for-one -one counters on stuff? Because you're eventually going to run out of gas. So... Do you have any answers to that? <laughs> I honestly, like my real thought, I'm like thinking here and I'm like, oh my God, I've never really thought about it because uh -huh. I really haven't. Like I built this kind of specifically to be a support deck mm -hmm. is, is really why this exists. Um, and then I know that it exists as a counter heavy deck. So when I get beat a few times by like one person, I'll break this out and be like, you're having as bad a time as I just had. <laughs> I've definitely uh, had the Dalran <laughs> deck pulled out on me so before. Exactly. Where it's like, Josh, you're just not winning this game. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, fair. Fair enough. Well, my question <laughs> yeah. is, can the deck win? I... In 1v1, yeah, this deck In 1v1, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it depends how many players you have. The more players you have, the harder it is to win. And yeah, we'll, just because you're one for wanting stuff and you just can't keep up. And yeah, and the deck doesn't have like one big explosive thing it can do at any mm -hmm. time, right? Like that's what I think what the deck maybe needs is like something in there that's one big explosive thing that if I can last long enough and get to this, I'll win. Right. right. Or the other option is I'm going to just keep making drakes and these drakes are going to eventually kill you from just doing... Two, four, six, yeah. eight, ten damage. You know, that damage adds up the more drakes you have on the Especially battlefield. Especially if it was filled with more, like, uh, more uh, turn-taking cards. Right yes. now there's only two, and there could be a lot more put in. That There's definitely oh, different so builds could, for this. If deck. you had, like, say, six or seven drakes, some modest amount, you could attack, take another turn, attack, maybe win that way. Right. Yeah, or you can set up, um, like, a mnemonic wall uh, time stretch plus a bounce card. Or a flicker card. Cap size. Cap size, yeah. So you can You'd just have to have a ton of mana, but it's possible. You'd have to have a lot of mana, but it's possible. And Which is easy to do in a monocolor deck because you have all the mana doubling artifacts, you mm -hmm. know, the one that exiles a card. Uh, or extra planar lens. Extra planar lens. You have the gauntlet of power, uh, you know, the uh, sphere, sun. Yeah, cage sun. Yeah. Um, so a lot of ways to double mana plus a uh, uh, doubling cube. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the interesting about this deck, and that's the one thing I was sort of wondering about, is that you need to find, obviously, a delicate balance, because for a deck that wants to win with potentially the Drakes flying in, are you going to be able to do that if you put in too many mana doublers? Like, where is the balance here? Um, but let's very quickly talk about the best cards in the deck. Now, in your opinion, I wrote down what I thought the best cards in the deck were. Do you have any that you think are just the standouts, the ones that always do work for you when you play this deck? Yes. One, like a kill switch... It, it just always, always does work because everybody has artifacts, whether it's soul rings or, you know, mana ramp, just things that uh, if it's tapped, that stinks for them. And it taps on your untapped step with your other artifacts. Right. Yeah, let's, re let's, let's read, read Kill Switch. It, this card is absurd. I didn't even realize this card existed. Nice we actually have the way. card here and it's foil. This is cool thing about video. Look, I'm holding it. Um, yeah, which means the Oracle text may be slightly different. Kill switch is three mana for an artifact. Pay two and tap it. Tap all other artifacts. They don't untap during their controllers. Untap steps as long as kill switch remains tapped. That's so you, the Oracle, I believe. So you tap it, tap all artifacts on the table, and then as long as you don't untap kill switch, they don't untap ever. Yeah. I'll typically ever. keep this and like a soul ring untapped. On, and sometimes put it on top of my library so then at the end of turn i tap this with my soul ring it remains tapped until my untap step so does everybody else's mine untap theirs don't do it at the end of my turn again 
Yeah, this card is really absurd in that it creates um, a different kind of oppressive uh, field for your opponents, whereas you holding up blue mana can be like, hey, I'm going to counter anything you do. Kill Switch just actively strips away some of people's best forms of ramp and fast mana otherwise, which is really important, I think, in a deck like this. Or in artifact decks, you know, like... I've definitely played a few games where certain players couldn't really play certain turns because of that card, mm -hmm. which is always effective in a control deck. It's what you want to be doing. Oh, yeah, that is going on my next overperformers list. Yeah, that definitely is. I mean, good. it affects every yeah. every artifact on the battlefield. Um, I think Pact of Negation and Force of Will have to be two of your strongest cards in the deck as well, just because... It's this. It still has a surprise factor, and it really just has the oh, Craig's tapped out. I can finally resolve. Spend all my mana to do this one game-winning play, and you're like, no, I actually have answers to that as well. Um, I think one of the best ways to beat a counterspell dot deck is to play your worst spells out first, hope they get countered, and just play through it. Right with three right. other players at the table, you're not going to be able to counter everything. At a certain point, they're just going to be able to resolve more stuff than you can handle, and then slowly win the game over that right or you play your commander because it's a card that if they counter it you don't lose the card so you don't lose the card advantage but they do right. lose a card for countering it so that's just untenable in the long run the yeah. only thing that stinks about that is that now it costs you two more to cast your commander it's, next time. it's true right and, and it, it depends on where you're at in the game maybe you can't do that but early on generally you can and yeah. like if everybody does that they can't counter all the commanders and then if they can then the next turn like they're gonna have like two cards in their hand they can't do it again they're right. gonna have a real bad time um capsize how often are you casting this without buyback don't french fire before you pizza man <laughs> 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 what was the question? Capsize. How often are you casting this without buyback? Oh, so buyback? much. Oh, my goodness. No, without buyback. Oh, never. <laughs> I, don't, I won't say has never. It has to be an emergency, because, like, right? Yeah, it has, it to, be has to be an emergency. Yeah, I, like, I'm going to die. I mean, we all know how powerful Capsize is when you have six mana or more. Mm -hmm. And especially in this deck, like, I'm not running... What if running, you have 12 mana? Well, that's exactly, like, uh, with um, High Tide. You know, I'm not yeah. running any of the other doublers, but High Tide is an instant, so it gives me a Drake, and then I just have tons of mana to do whatever I want with. So mm -hmm. capsize is a great option. Yeah, if capsize. you're really mad at somebody, you can just capsize them out of the game a lot of times. Just mm -hmm. like bounce their stuff, then just start bouncing their lands. And then before they know it, they're like, got four lands in play and nothing else. And it's just like over. Yeah, I mean, one blue, blue, buyback, three, return target permanent to its owner's hands. They don't make cards like this anymore because it says return target permanent um and the buyback mechanic is absurd because for six mana you you can just take one thing off the board one thing off the board every single turn and you get this card back in your hand the only thing that really gets around this is someone counters your capsize but right. knowing your deck you probably have answers for that right exactly which is you know why i would hold up a pact of negation or a force of will you know if i had that in my hand mm -hmm. or at least enough mana hopefully for another another sort of uh counter spell now what kind of issues do you think this deck has uh like are there any specific decks or archetypes that really defeat it handily or does this deck have uh, favorable matchups for instance if you're playing all creature decks if you're playing all spell decks it's tough against like mono red mono red's very good against this because the the burn on the creatures can be really good or, or just on my general because uh, mm -hmm. you nuke my general basically that's it if you can counter or nuke my general it really doesn't stand up after that right so your general is the most important part of getting your win condition absolutely here. without question which is you know why it really hasn't been thought through as a standalone deck 
Mm -hmm. It seems like any deck that's going to have a lot of early plays that are threats would be tough, which is rare in our format. But you don't have a lot of ways once something's out. Like if they get like two early creatures, there's not like a ton of stuff in the deck that does. And there's two recent cards that I do want to add because of that. One of them, I I forget what they're called, but they're from the recent set from uh, Eldritch Moon. Eldritch Moon. What are they? Uh, one what of do they do? One of them is like a common or uncommon, and it's a bounce target permanent. Yeah, insubstantiate or spell. Unsubstantiate, yeah. 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 And then uh, the other one, the rare, it's two blue, two other, and it does something crazy. That is you it want spell queller? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. This, this is on the list that I made here. Oh, no. They exile uh, all spells off. Yeah, of yeah, it. yeah, yeah, exactly. Summary, just, summary, summary dismissal. dismissal. Yeah, yeah, I just haven't gotten either of them, so hey, I think I probably have one of the unsubstantiate. You know where you could go to get those. Yeah, Card Kingdom. Oh, wow. I was going to say I was going to trade you one. But... We did not even oh. trade him to say that? Yeah. Perfect. But slash command zone. Make sure you feel <laughs> it. Like, okay. All right. Let's talk about ways that we can upgrade this deck. I looked through the list, and it you know it feels in a very sort of Craig Blanchett way. It's very linear. A lot of counter spells. A lot of, like, I'm going to stop you from doing something. But not a lot of ways to sort of finish the game slash protect yourself in the way that I think you want to play this deck. So one thing that I loved seeing was Kill Switch. Because that card to me is just like, it says perfect. If your opponents have to be, oh, well, hold on. You got rid of one page, Josh? Are you done with oh, the page? Oh, yeah, sorry. Here, we, we do a thing. Yeah. You have to just throw it over your shoulder. Ready? Wait. Oh. oh. <laughs> Man, do See, it like you, you mean you it. That? Do it like you mean it. it. Like, oh, it was a satisfying noise. <laughs> um, anyway, cards like Kill Switch to me scream perfect because one of the big things about playing through counter spells is that you have to have enough mana to play two things a turn and taking people's mana off means that, oh shoot, I can only play one spell a turn. So I'm thinking there needs to be more stacks type effects in this deck because you're going to be able to utilize your mana better than anyone else's. Have you heard of Arcane Laboratory? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, one spell per turn, which is good in a deck like this because I'm countering stuff. Yeah, Yeah. so if they can only play one thing and you get the choice of whether or not you get to counter it, that really puts the pressure on the player to think, man, I want to align myself with Craig so that he... Because there's no, there's nothing that says in a four-player game in EDH that you can't make it two-headed giant for yourself with another Arcane player. Arcane Laboratory the table. is a perfect addition to this, no matter what. Because you're right. It's like I play my good spell on my turn. Well, I you guess, just have more instants, more things that you're going to be able to do during other turns, and you can play one spell on their turn, one spell on the next player's turn. Right. But most decks are going to be like, well, I have. That means I have one spell per rotation of the table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only um, thing that that would take away from some of the things in this are the cantrips. Right. Well, cantrips are nice. I think, I mean, the thing is about... But you're never tapping out. You're never tapping True. out, right? And some of the cantrips are counterspells in themselves. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, another card like Overburden, which is one in the blue for an enchantment. Whenever a player puts a non-token creature onto the battlefield, that player returns a land here. She controls to its owner's hand. I love this card. Yeah, it's like... It's interesting because blue, like we said before on our color wheel episode, they affect the board and they morph mana and they do things that are funky that aren't removal. But this essentially just creates massive tempo in your favor because one, it's non-token creatures, so your drakes don't care. Mm-hmm. And two, like by denying other people's mana and you're just continuing to put out lands every single turn, you're, you're going to be able to shut the game out this in a way. bounce them with, uh, with the spells though, right? No, it's whenever a player puts a non-token creature onto the battlefield. Oh, non- it's a non-token. Mm-hmm. Non-token creature. So you're, you're, it would be if you Oh, because ca- it says creature card. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. I love it. Love it. Well, I don't know if I love it. I'm just telling you that you should probably put this in here, but I don't want you to. I've been swimming Understood. in raw sewage. I love it. 
I don't know how that's going to become a thing on the show. It, somebody knows what movies that's from, right? Somebody on Twitter? I'm sure Terry will edit in the, uh, the nice oh, little clip here. Oh, true. Terry's like, what the hell movie is that from? Yeah, time to Google it. Good luck, Terry. Um, this next card is one of your favorites, Josh. How many decks do you play this in now? Um, a For lot. Cousin either? Yeah, a lot. Oh, that or it's Cousins. You know, Blind Obedience, Kismet. Uh, the chick, what's her name? The Sovereign. Felidar Sovereign? No. No. Uh, I don't play it on the creature because I don't like creatures, but I definitely play it on, uh, yeah, whatever. If I'm in white oh, and blue. Oh, Imposing Sovereign. Imposing yep. Sovereign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, Frozen Aether is, it's a, is it exactly Kismet? It's the best one. It's artifacts, creatures, and lands. But I it's be- your opponent's control, right? Yeah, your opponent's yeah. control coming to play. I think tats. it's exactly Kismet. It's, it's just all three color and opponents. It's perfect. Yeah. It's interesting because it yeah, it's color shifted because it was in Planar Chaos. And again, I highly encourage you just to look through the set of Planar Chaos if you have a monocolored deck and go, Oh, that's an effect I always wanted in my deck. This is one of those effects I think people look at it and they just don't think it's gonna do much and it always just wrecks everybody and everybody's like, wait a minute, half my cards don't do what I want to. Mm-hmm. It's uh, artifacts, creatures, and lands, your opponent's control, enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Again, even just hearing it just now, you thought, well, that's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Especially in combination with one of my other favorite cards in the deck, which is Back to Basics, because I'm playing so many basic uh, basic, islands. It's the Blue Blood Moon. Yep. Do you like like Back to Basics, Josh? No. Because it's the Blue Blood Moon. (laughs) No, I don't. But it's blue. It's your favorite color. But that doesn't... I don't. uh, Back to Basics is not basic lands. Don't untap during their controller's untap step. And in a monocolor deck, this is exactly what you want to be doing, because this is blue ramp. Right. If you're making everyone's lands come to play taps, that means you you are ahead. You're not you're not in turn four with five lands, but you're, you're ahead turn, of your opponent. You're ahead of all I your opponents. I never thought of it that Me way. Neither. But that's right. That's an interesting way to think about it. But good it, job, Blue. You did it. Um, there's also a card like Stasis. Now Stasis. No, is I do a, like this one. Yeah, it's interesting because players don't get in an untap phase. Uh, you just skip your untap steps, and you, there's a cumulative upkeep. But you kind it kind of hurts you a little bit. But I feel like it's one of those cards where you get to choose when you don't when you don't do it anymore and your drakes can start swinging in for massive amounts of damage or you take infinite turns or whatever. Yeah, stasis is, uh, it feels tough. I usually don't like to play stasis unless I have a way to abuse it. Like mm-hmm. I'm bouncing it before my turn, untapping and then playing again. Like if I had capsize in the deck, which you do, then there's the chance of play it, they don't untap, I capsize it on the end set before my turn. Right. And I have, if I'd have to have 10 to 12 mana at that point available to me, which is doable. Um, and then I could do that every and that's, turn. But that's the game ender that this deck is looking for. Yeah, it might be around looking. ten mana. This is that's when it's like eh, I don't know what to do anymore. Right, well, I don't have an explosive. Yeah, like thing everybody to do. else is doing crazy things yeah. or like three, four, five things a turn, which is why I'm starting to like Arcane Laboratory more. Well, the question is like, would you put the Brian Elemental lock in this deck? Do you think the pickles lock? The pickles lock. What's uh, so Brian Elemental is a morph creature that when you unmorph it for seven mana, it, it each opponent skips his or her next untap step, and then you have a card like Vesuvian um, Shapeshifter, Shapeshifter, which is a morph card that can flip back down and copy another card, so you can copy a Brian Elemental over and over again with the siege upkeep. You basically just flip a Brian Elemental every turn if you have the pickles lock, and I think it costs five mana. To yeah, keep well, it, going? Co- it costs two to morph the Vesuvian Shapeshifter, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you can turn this creature face down, so it just costs... Oh, and then you morph it up for two every turn. Then you morph it up for two, copying the Brian okay. Elemental. So it just yeah. ca- takes two man every turn to keep it up once you've got the Pickles lock, um, and nobody untaps, basically. It's But you, the problem is that 
Well, both those cards are okay on their own. Like, mm-hmm. just having it so everybody doesn't untap for one turn is pretty strong. And just having a shapeshifter that's going to clone something else on the table is not the worst. Um, yeah, it's it's not bad. That's what I would look for if I was going to put a combo like that in my deck, which is that are those cards still viable if you just play one of them? And I think probably. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting thing is that it doesn't support your commander directly. But at the same time, you're always trying to buy time with this deck. That's why I still like Stasis, is because you're trying to buy enough time to get to 7 mana, 10 mana, 11 mana, or whatever. Well, you hopefully are. At this point, we need to still build in something that says, when I get there, I win, though. Right, right. right. And I, to me, I'm, I'm kind of okay with this deck just being like, look, I've countered everything. I'm going to beat you not with some broken, crazy, like, no, just with Drakes. I'm just going to hit you with two twos. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, you really want to still you want really you really want someone to have a bad time. Death by a thousand cuts. In this case, <laughs> death by a thousand drakes. Well, let's talk about this card then. Oh yes, because you pulled a, this aside, and this helps that plan, right? It absolutely dub, it doubles that plan. Actually, so does this one. Let's talk about this one first. I'll let you. Well, I'll read it and I'll let you talk about it. So it's docent of perfection. I'm gonna Randy take it card. out of here. <gasps> it's not foil or anything, so we're okay. Oh my gosh! Just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I just tore it in half. I don't know why. Um, I don't. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> my hands. I just they can't stop. Uh, Dosen of Perfection is from Elder Moon. It's a, it's a double face card. Uh, on the front side, it's three and two blue for a creature insect horror. It's a five four with flying. It says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a one one blue human wizard creature token onto the battlefield. Then, if you control three or more wizards transform it so it flips over he himself is a wizard right uh no it's a zombie, an insect horror okay talrand mm-hmm. is a wizard talrand's a wizard so all you need to do is cast two instances of sorceries this thing will flip and then if as long as talrand's out and then on the other side it's final iteration because this is the um delver of secrets just continually evolved Creature Eldrazi insect it's a six five with flying it says wizards you control get plus two plus one and have flying so all those little one ones you made are actually three two three, flyers two, now. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a one one blue human wizard creature token onto the battlefield. So whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, put a three two flyer out and, and a two a two, 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 two flyer because of Talrand. Yeah. Yep. So if you mm-hmm. can get this out at the same time as Talrand, that actually feels like a win condition because at that point, instead of needing to cast five or six instant or sorceries, I got to cast two or three. Absolutely. Which late game too because like this is five to cast. So. Let's say I've casted uh, Talran twice before, so now he's eight to cast, and I have this in my hand. It's basically another Talran. Yeah, so it's another cheaper. way out in this deck, which mm-hmm. I love, because I, I got this in a draft recently at your house. I was like, oh my god, I know exactly where this is going. And then the next one's Sakashima the Imposter, which is a... One of my favorite clones of all time now. I learned about this from Jimmy. I think it's the best clone, yeah. It's unreal. Um, it's two blue and two other for a 3-1 legendary creature, human rogue. As Sakashima the Imposter comes into play, you may choose a creature in play. If you do, Sakashima comes into play as a copy of that creature, except its name is still Sakashima the Imposter. It's still legendary in a game's... Two blue and two other return Sakashima the Imposter to its owner's hand at end of turn. Mm-hmm. Um, this is crazy because it's still named Sakashima. Right. Yep. So you can have two of the same legendary out with this. It can clone a legendary you already have, and you can have two of your commander out. 
very specifically, you're going to be doing this with a card like Mizix, which is why it's so powerful, is because you get double the uh, the it, refund, double use of your of your experience counters. Yeah. Or I mean, it's crazy with basically any commander that matters to its deck because that's the effect you built your whole deck around, and now you double it. Mm -hmm. I believe it's the only card in Magic that you can do that, other than Hall of Mirrors. Whatever mm. the the artifact is that you can have any number of legendary permanents that, with the same name, which is useless to us in useless, our game because absolutely. we can't have more than one in our deck. Mm -hmm. And this is basically not even a doubling season, but like a parallel lives, you know, yeah. in blue. Yeah, which is and great. it also just happens to have this awesome ability, which is like send it back to my hand so that I can now copy something else that's better now. Like, absolutely, like it didn't even need that text for us, but it has yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, this card's, so much. this card's really good. I like that card a lot, especially if you know that, like, now you're putting two 2-2s two out every single turn, and it's spread across multiple bodies, and, like, you're never afraid of a board wipe. You can easily counter a board wipe. In fact, like, a board wipe's your number one counter target, right? right? It, right. It, once you start building out your, your board, um, which is why I think you need to run more mass removal slash resets in this deck. True. Because if you're going to be, for instance, if someone else has the ability to stop your creatures or block them, then you're in a bad spot. Um, one of the most probably hated cards outside of Armageddon would be Sunder. I don't hate it. Uh, Josh doesn't hate anything. I love it. That's He's the return of opportunity. Lands. Yeah, so Sunder. It used to be in here if it's not. Three blue blue return all lands to their owner's hands. So yep. good. It's an yep. instant. It's five mana. Especially uh, once I have a ton of drakes out and it's yeah. just like, boom, now I'm... Yeah. Right? And you only need to play... Actually, at that point, if you're holding a Pact of Negation or a Force of Will... I'm not Pact, sorry. If not you're holding packed. a Force of Will, don't, then you don't, don't do have to packed. worry about anything. Even if you even if you don't play lands for the rest of the game, having 10 2-2 two, two drakes and you Sunder, it's almost an instant win condition because it's so hard for someone to recover and get enough mana to play a board wipe. You just go after the white player or whoever has the colors that are most dangerous to you, right? Yep. Um, I'm interested, too, in a card like Scourge of Fleets uh, or, like, Aetherize, Aether Spouts, cards that bounce specifically attackers. Um, Scourge of Fleets is a creature. It's a seven-mana creature, and you return each uh, creature your opponents control with toughness X or less to the inner hand, where X is the number of islands you control. So seven mana, if you're just playing this for seven mana, you're pretty much bouncing every single creature on the board for seven and it's sort of hard to come by these effects in blue. And every time it's a creature-based effect, I'm a little wary of it. Um, well, it's it's awkward because you have drakes and stuff, and so most of this stuff is going to bounce your own yeah. things, which you really don't want to do. So right. you're looking for effects that are not symmetrical, that only affect your opponents. Well, like or, Wash Out or something like that, where yeah. it's like I can return all, you know, I'm like what's the biggest threat right now white is. I return mm -hmm. all white permanents or Right, white it creatures. doesn't hit your stuff. Right, And yeah. you can copy that spell too in blue, right? You can double it with specific things. So you can say Wash Out for blue, copying it for, I mean, sorry, Wash Out for white, copying it for black, and right. sort of really yeah, wipe don't do the blue. board out. Don't do blue. Don't do blue, yeah. Luckily, you're in blue, which is the least likely color that you're ever going to want to wash out, because blue just doesn't usually overwhelm you with like a whole bunch of creatures absolutely yeah. so a lot of these cards that we're talking about i have in mizix and that's one of the things that like when you make too many decks like myself <laughs> they, like they have certain purposes like mizix is where i want to just like you know do all this crazy stuff right um the mizix and talrand are very similar very yeah they're similar. very similar yeah. in terms of how they want to affect the board the thing is that mizix has red so you can use red as your winning explosive earthquake comet storm something like that whereas mm -hmm. blue doesn't have those type of effects so you got to get more creative with like okay i'm 
up till that point, you're basically the same game plan, which is like counter all the important stuff, keep the border under control. But the thing is, Mizzy says, and then once I get here, I blow everybody up. But right. Tauron says, once I get here, I'm not sure what I do exactly. Exactly. I'm trying to attack people with drakes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it is. There's another card called Inundate that does the same thing. It's to return all non-blue creatures to their owner's hand, and it's a sorcery, and it costs a lot. But yeah, I, I like the idea of just putting in more resets, because that's like, what's the one thing that's really going to affect you is if players are really just coming at you hard knowing that you're going to counter them it's like well i built up this board today i can just start swinging at craig every turn and he can't destroy my creatures so just and bounce them or whatever one thing that i did used to have in there that uh i might put back in was meek stone mm -hmm. which as long as i don't pump my drakes as long as they remain two twos it says uh it's an artifact creatures for, I believe, with power greater than three two or greater don't, don't untap, untap exactly untap steps, yeah um for one mana and it's yeah, that card is so awesome. It can really stop a lot of stuff, a lot of hate from coming your way. You know, there's uh, what is it, propaganda, and mm -hmm. that uh, were my two kind of like walls. Yeah, that's why I would actually recommend um, putting in a card like Clever Impersonator because you can double a card like uh, Propaganda. Absolutely, just make yeah. you pay four. Just make you pay four. Yeah, you can double so many like of your. If you need another mana doubler, you know, you can do another extra planar lens. Like holy crap, your deck is just making a thousand mana now at this point. Um, speaking of uh, a thousand mana, your counter spells. It's time to upgrade them. Like yeah. you said, summary dismissal. This card is really interesting actually because we saw it. Normally, you don't see a card like this ever see play in standard, um, but it was all over the place because of a card like Emrakul. It's the counter to Emrakul. It's the counter to Emrakul, but not just that. In our format, this is the counter to uh, Eldrazi in on cast sp yeah, triggers on for cast Eldrazi. Triggers, yep. So you can get rid of the new Ulamog and a bunch of other cards. Um, it's two blue blue for an instant. Exile all other spells and counter all abilities. So... This you can counter like Narset triggers and things like oh, that. Oh, this it, yeah. I mean, this was an immediate put in. The only reason why I haven't put this in is because I don't have it yet. Perfect. Well, in that case, Craig, you come to my place tonight. Just remind me. I got like, a bunch. I got. That. I got one. I'm also going to go to Card Kingdom and purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're the best. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, you're awesome. Don't, don't forget to use the affiliate link. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Mystic Confluence <laughs> is another counter spell that we were talking about last uh, week. I think so this card good. is really flexible. Um, obviously, I think. Because you have so many you have counter spells. You command in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have so many counter spells, you, I think the more flexible you can make each counter spell, the better. Because it's not like, you know, in a deck like this, you and would this think. And this is another, I didn't get this set of <gasps> commanders. Right. So that's, I know, I know, I fell off for a little Wizards bit. Wizards prints these sets for <laughs> you. I'm specifically aware. Specifically for I'm you. I'm <laughs> aware. I, I bought a bunch of singles from this. Like I got the, oh no, this wasn't the Eldrazi one. Whatever. I got a bunch of singles from this, but I did not get this. I wish I had this more is of the these. most expensive one too. This one because it's the best one. Yeah, it's by I, far the best one. I yeah. agree, but because like I, I think hopefully uh, it, Card Kingdom has a great price on it because that's where I'm going to look. Let's um let's read it really quick. Mesa Confluence three blue blue. It's a modal spell. It's an instant. So choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. First mode counter target spell unless this controller pays three. That's mana leak. Uh, you can do it three times. So it, so it make them pay nine. Uh, her second mode is return target creature to its owner's hand. Or draw a card. So you can draw three cards. You can draw a card, bounce a creature, and mana leak something. You can mana leak something twice because they have more a bunch mm -hmm. of mana up and draw a card. Any any uh, mix and match of the three. 
This, I mean, this card is a blowout every That's single unreal. time. It's almost impossible not to make this get more than one card's worth Even of value if it's every time you five play. Five instant draw three cards. No, I mean that's the mode I'd say I, I use the most, most on it. Right. Mm -hmm. but, but then if I don't a want threat, a card that only does that because that card does nothing when something's no, killing this, me. This yeah. does everything you want yeah. to do in blue. Um, Bounce. Yeah, everything you want it to do in blue. Yeah. Absolutely, and it does three of them. That's great. Yeah, and the thing I think a lot of players can make a mistake with with this deck is like, oh, I'm going to put negate in there because tons of people will be casting non-creature spells. Oh, I'm going to put this. It's like, well, you actually want to have a counter spell that isn't limiting. And the more that you can get value off it, if it draws you a card, if you can use it to counter different Unless things. Unless it's Swan Song. Unless it's Swan Song, yeah. Swan just Song because it's great. such a great value. Yep. Um, Plus you can put Swan Song on this thing. Yeah, and this is actually... So Isochron, I thought about putting this in there and uh, quite a few times i ever since i saw isochron i was like here's what i really thought i was like i'm gonna do it on time walk right right and then i go and talk to my buddy and he's like time walk's a sorcery dude and uh it's also is it it's, banned it's totally banned <laughs> this was like i i was thinking like i'm, like, I'm gonna I i'm gonna it is, break but craig knows a lot about I was computer, thinking, so craig, no here was my thought i'm gonna break eternal like oh, I'm gonna, i see i see like, so don't worry somebody nobody's thought of, thought of yeah. this yeah scepter by the way it's a two mana artifact with imprint so when it enters the battlefield you can exile an instant card with cmc two or less from your hand and you can pay two and tap the scepter to cast the exiled card so i did this in ema twice I put a memory lapse under this thing or it's just straight counter spell. And for two mana, you can counter a spell from your opponent every single turn. I think this is just nice because it, it means you get to just constantly have a full on real counter spell under it at if all times. If you can get real original counter spell, any other version of counter spell, this doesn't work with. Uh, or like Swan Song and stuff like that. Yeah, there's like, a couple Song. that you it works can, with they, Swan Song, but Swan Song's more limited. It's slightly limited. Um, you can do like it also gives them a bird to counter the bird that you're trying to get. So it's like there are certain like uh, believe me, I've thought about Isochron. It's, I think uh, it would be an the, interesting. Go down to the two converted mana cost. Oh right, right. So you, the nice thing about Tapped Out as well is you can like click on two converted mana costs and figure out which of the cards. Um, yeah, it needs more. Uh, you'd need to sort of retune the deck to have more things to take advantage of it. I think, like, you know, you want some brainstorms and some stuff. Brainstorm like, would be great. Yeah, that absolutely. kind of the stuff. The cantrip kind yeah. of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I've seen a couple of my friends have built different versions of this deck. And one of the best ones that I've seen is a cantrip heavy deck. Yeah. And basically what he does is he ramps in cantrips. So then he's casting one mana 2-2 two, two flyers, basically, that draw the, cards. That draw cards. Yeah. And then he's putting down mana rocks and then casting right. more cards and... It gets out of hand fast. I would just mana say drain could that your it. current, yeah, you have Mana Drain, Cyclonic Rift, and Counterspell are three targets for this spell. If you add in at yes. least mana two drain more, would be great. I feel like, yeah, Mana Drain <laughs> is one of those spells that just casting that is unbelievable. Yeah. And casting it more than once in the game is just GG, I think. So Another it, card that I got because of Jimmy. We were out at a place and I was trading in a bunch of like oh, really? base. I was trading in a bunch of I've like chaff. A like a bunch of stuff that I just wasn't using, and they had a, uh, an Italian one for way too cheap. Okay, yeah, so ready? I think. Oh yeah, you guys ready? You ready? Yeah. With I got with you, feeling I got you. one. Yeah. Two, three. Hold on, I get to do it again. That felt so good. There you go. There, there get you a little go. whip. You gotta right. whip it. Yeah, whip it. Yeah. So Ice Concept is definitely one of those cards where you have to build your deck around it. But I think the upside is here. It depends, of course, in this case. Um, I, I think you want eight. Eight, yeah. eight instants that cost one or two. Yeah. 
I usually think 10 or more, like, and ideally 14 or more, because that well, way, thing, 14, do, I think, is where it's like when you draw seven. But you're, you, have you don't have to have it in your first seven. You need enough card draw that you're likely to get one with Isochron. Mm-hmm. And I think with eight and you're in blue, you're going to most of the time be able to. And with Even the with two, six and then two ways to tutor those cards out, the right? Two ways because to getting tutor. Mana Drain with a Merchant Scroll seems like a very normal thing you would do in any Do game. you have Mystical Tutor in there? You could put that on Isochron. That's pretty good. Yeah. You can also choose what you're drawing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. something like yeah. Trickbind too. I think would be great to put under there because it has split second, and Absolutely. this is a counter spell that counters a target activator to trigger the ability. Now, normally you just don't play a card like this because you see this and you're like, well, it's so limited. But in the deck, when you're going to be potentially drawing a billion different cards, yeah. having this, I think, in your wheelhouse is nobody sees Trickbind coming. No either. like, tri- man, yeah. it just gets you. You're just like, okay, this is guaranteed to happen, so I can count on that. And then you, they stop it, and you're like, what? Yeah, right. Let's yeah. say you cast a spell like a Tim or something that has a tap ability, and you don't counter it. They're like, sweet, okay, cool. I can start using this thing. I can yeah. start fate stitching all over the place. You can trick bind it. You can isochron trick bind it, and just constantly keep that cycle going and lock people out of certain parts of a combo piece. Um, Let's talk about card draw, though. Now, I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people can make, and I did this with Mizzix for sure, was I put in a bunch of the, like, sweet, once I cast this six-mana spell, I can draw seven, eight, nine cards, and you kind of forget that you have turns one through five to be doing stuff. Uh, Turn four or three is usually saved for casting your commander, but you kind of have this bad situation where you want to be able to draw more cards over the course of time. And Craig, Rhystic Study... Where Great is card. It? Is it not in there? It's not in we there We talk about yet. this card every... This has become the new... Um, Prophet of Crufix? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. At least on Tapped Out, I did Look at him. He's there. like, it's in there, I swear. I'm going to find it. I, mean, I may not have put through. it on there, but I'm I thought looking I looked through, through here. Well, it's one of those was... cards that I sometimes so think good. about. And I'm like, wait, Absolutely. why is If it's in not in here, it's only because I don't have another copy of it. Like that would be the only. That's reason a fair why. reason. I only yeah. have. I think and, I only have four. So and yeah. I I may have not put it in here because I'm thinking like okay, it's, it's not an instant or sorcery. It's not an instant or sorcery. So I'll just go with brain geyser instead. Right. Or, right. Right. Um, I think. I mean. I think putting cards in that have flashback in them. You know, at first when I was re- doing Mizix, I was like, I don't really care about flashback cards that much. When are, when is it going to really be useful? And it turns out, you don't need to really okay, cast a spell right. more than twice for it to really make the difference. Casting a spell twice, like think twice, where you draw a card and you can flash it back for two in the blue, is it's worth it. If, especially if it's going to get you a 2-2 two, two on top of it. Um, the fact that it, it, it's an instant is nice. Uh, I would look at that and I would say two mana to just draw a card. It doesn't have another effect. Like, true, I mean, that's other when you have cards like but Deep Analysis uh, or Mystic Speculation mm-hmm. where you can constantly be buying it back. Because I feel like you need to have something... I've, I've seen a lot of Tower on Mystic Speculation is a group. Where that's you a just one. say pass turn and then everyone says... Play land pass. Mm-hmm. Play land, play something, and something pass. And then mm-hmm. it's your turn again. You haven't cast a single counter spell. You need to be able to do something with the end of that turn. Absolutely. With so buyback cards, I feel like are really good here. I, I, you have treasure cruise, which I like, but I think dig through time might be even better. Yeah. Uh, because it's an instant, and so the ability to because, and I'm just comparing this to my Mizzix deck and seeing you play a tower run. I'm so scared to be tapped at any time that isn't the end step before my turn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so what I always want is I want to draw cards. I do. I just need to know when I do that that nothing bad is going to happen between that and me having mana available. And the only time to do that is the end step before my turn. Mm-hmm. So dig through time. Basically, the same as Treasure Cruise. It's it's arguable which one's better as far as the effect. Now, Treasure right. Cruise can be one blue mana. Dig through time can never be less than two blue mana. Because they both have Delve. And Treasure Cruise draws you three cards. 
dig through time, you look at the top seven and pick two. Mm-hmm. So you pick the best two out of seven, which is basically equal to three. Yeah. And so two mana and one mana are close enough that I think I would go with dig through time and uh, get a Drake, do it on the end step before my turn, pull the best two cards out of my top seven, and get on with my life. And that's in the 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 place where, well, like what you said, Jimmy, happened where I had my counterspells ready, but nothing happened that I wanted to counterspell. And mm-hmm. now I can still get like i still used my turn i didn't just do nothing yeah the only reason i like treasure cruise as well is it's still great you can delve it for you know so it only costs one and i'm always thinking ideal in the deck like this it has a lot of you're just playing cards and using them often delve is a great great uh mechanic in this deck because you can triple exactly because you're cantripping a lot and depending on the build especially if that's what your your build is is to cantrip delve is one of the best mechanics you can possibly i'd be interested to see what you think of a card like biden of thassa as well because it is card draw, but it's I on a four I love that and spell. Coastal Piracy because you can attack with impunity. Right, you're always drawing cards uh, with with. Oh, that's right. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah so by the thoughts, it's two blue blue. Whenever you a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. And this is the same with Coastal Piracy. Except by the thoughts, also has this ridiculous ability on there that I think is really underrated in Commander, which is one in the blue. Tap the Biden creatures your opponent's control attack this turn if able, especially if you're playing like a stasis effect. And you know that they have one or two giant blockers that's stopping everyone from doing anything. Yep. Just having them tap it down, maybe you're going to take 20 damage or whatever, but it leaves them completely open. And if or they start skipping their own if I have stuff. like polymorphous jest in my hand. Right. And then, you know, I have them attack me and then. That's the thing. Kill that's the ship. problem. You can't tell them who to attack. True. So that, yeah, in Commander, that, that effect is not as good. It's still good, but. They can find the open player to attack, so they, they don't just run stuff into your creatures. At the yeah. same time, though, it just it does force them to tap all their creatures out, which right? puts them open. Which then, if you can play a political game, you can be like attack that person. They're completely open right now. Attack him! Attack, attack him! <laughs> yeah, it just seems like there's a lot I mean, of good. Yeah, my blood going. I'm a lot of him. good abilities on one card. Um, it is on the Bidens, especially if your Drakes are going to draw you a card, like they become Edrix. Yeah, that part. Abs- of it is I just love made, yeah. this card. Like you're bringing up cards that I love, Jim. I just have to cut some. <laughs> I would just start. Here's the thing: is like I think you would just start cutting counter spells at this point, right? I, it definitely would be, which would some make of the, me sad. Some of the bigger non, like just just get rid of some of the higher casting cost stuff. I think. totally. So one of the ones that I do like that I think you guys are referring to with this high casting cost stuff is Arcanus. Because I love no, Arcanus. overwhelming intellect, which is a bomb. So no, no, I think this card's very good. Yeah, I think okay. this is this is in our Mizzix decks as well. Okay, uh, well, even we're, cost we're, we're casting it for two. Yeah, but overwhelming intellect. It's a four blue blue counter spell, counter target creature card draw cards equal to that spell's converted mana cost. By the time you're casting this, it's turn six at the at the latest, pretty much. You're going to be drawing so many cards off of this. So many cards, and it's going to be likely a big creature that you don't want out there. And yeah, the the value on that is is too high. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think a big issue is just um, ramp. Ramp. Ramp is tough. It just feels like when when we've played against this deck, you know, because I'm looking through and I'm not seeing, because I'm looking through and I'm not seeing a ton of... Um, a ton of high casting cost stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, I, there's this, which is, you know, possible yeah, to cut. I think the reason he said time stretch, it's 10 mana. Um, I think the reason that we're both feeling like there might be a lot of high casting cost stuff is because it feels like once we get to turns 8, 9, 10, your deck doesn't have the output. It's not finishing. It doesn't have it's, output. It's, yeah, it's not finishing. It doesn't mm-hmm. get to that point where, like, every deck normally gets to the point where around there it can do, like, 
three or four things. Right. But yeah. the Tower Index is still doing one thing. Then. Right. Like even if we get to overwhelming intellect, like we were just talking about, I draw, let's say, seven cards, right? It's not the that scary because you can do the same. Being, yeah. Well, the likelihood of four of them being counterspelled is very high. Yeah. So and you usually can't even cast all four of the counterspells. Absolutely, yeah. especially especially after that. So yeah. So I think I mean you have Mana Vault in there, which is I already said is one of my favorite uh, ramp cards. But you all, I think I think in the deck, in actually in any monocolor deck, it's really hard to argue against playing a card like Extra Planar Lens or Gauntlet of. Um, Power, I believe. Yeah, Gauntlet of Power. Which gives cre- your creatures Both plus of those one plus are just one. Great. And also only affects basic True. land types um, for that. Because you could. If, so right. the really spiky thing to do is to play only snow covered lands and then play extra planar lands because you exile a card under the extra planar lands and anytime you tap a land of that specific kind. Of that name. You, of that name, yeah. So you get double snow covered lands. But and people with basic lands don't get that. Don't get it, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. I, I think the lands is actually an interesting part to look at in, in this deck too. I think because we're cantripping, because we need to cycle stuff, you should be putting in Lonely Sandbar, Remote Isle, um, cards that you can, uh, Teleria West, cards you can transmute or cycle. Teleria West is great. Toss into the graveyard and draw something else because I think the last thing you want to do once you've established sort of like, I have X lands, I'm ready to go, is to just draw not gas at that right. point. So you need any, like if you draw one of these lands late in the game, it's awesome. You get to toss it. The nice thing about Tolaria West too in those transmute, like Tolaria West, I could search for Pact of Negation because it's zero converted mana mm-hmm. cost. Um, Maze of Ith. Maze of Ith, yeah. yeah Absolutely, any of the lands. Yeah, I would argue that you could definitely do it with um, Muddle the Mixture as well, which is Muddle the Mixture a, could search CMC for a two, yeah, two, two CMC, CMC card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also cards like Homeward Path. And, Great card, yeah. Uh, uh, Arcane Lighthouse, especially because I think Arcane what, Lighthouse was probably taken out of this at some point. One of the things I think one of these the power of these decks is, is that you can help convince the rest of the table to do stuff by permitting people to do things by putting yourself in the position where it's like, don't worry, I'm not going to counter your stuff, but hey, look, I'm going to Arcane Lighthouse this cigar to because it has to get dealt with. I can bounce it, but that's not going to stop it forever. Can you do anything about it if I get rid of it? People go like, sure. I, I was looking to do that anyway, you know, or like it was beating down on me. You can extend a favor with your cards. And I think that's what you really have to do because if you're just constantly counterspelling everyone, you're going to be the first person out of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, you know, it's uh, why this is mainly just brought out in like Two-Headed Giant. No longer, though, Craig. No well, yeah, longer. No longer. We're I gonna, am we're, going to... We're going to ruin our own lives here, Jimmy. What are we doing? My life. Yeah, because he's going to use this deck against us now. No, he's not going <laughs> to use it against me. I'm the one helping him make it, Josh. Yeah, exactly. I'm helping, too. No, this Sure, will... Josh. See, look at what he's trying to do, Craig. Am I not helping? He's trying to put himself in the position... Are you saying so I'm that... not helping? Always. Mono blue is always fun. <laughs> here's, here's, here's what it comes down to. Mono blue is fun no matter how you cut it. Like there's just so much good in mono blue that mm, the way so that true. you do it is the way that you do it. You yeah. know, like it's just different flavors, you know? Lots of different flavors. Woo! Are we done? We're done. With this one? Sweet. Um, one, one question that Josh and I both had before you even got here was, where's the Vidalcan Orreries at? Where are, where are Ley Lines of Anticipation? Absolutely. So Ley Lines, uh, I don't have any anymore i don't know what happened to them i had a few but they're gone place. now and then uh same thing with vidalcan orreries vidalcan orreries i put in other decks like rakdos because i need to be able to cast him when somebody else lost life mm-hmm. so having that out i can cast him like on other people's turns which is really helpful oh that's a that's a great we idea. just um, need to play more of the first conspiracy but yeah vidalcan 
that's the other card we've been talking about a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Rist, so good. Ristic and Vidalcanori yeah. are like, they've replaced Prophet of Crufix as the most talked about cards on the cast. Yep. Same with this one, Minimo. Like, yeah. unbelievable. That one's a little bit too expensive School right now. Minamo. Water's yep. Edge. So good. Well, well, I mean, you have Arcanus the Omnipotent in this deck, and Minamo's School at Water's Edge is just like, would you like to draw six cards right now, Craig? Oh, totally. It's unreal. It's unreal. Um... Now, this deck can also get really mean. It's mono blue. Would you consider playing one of my favorite creatures of all time? Oh, man, this, this is brutal. Jin Cataxius, Core Augur. Oh, yeah. I actually think I had that in here at one point because it it's a game winner. It's like, okay, now I have a ton of cards and you guys have zero. Um, Jin Cataxius. That's just a of one course. card. I play it when I have a lot of mana, and if nothing happens immediately, I win. Well, I forgot about the flash. Pass. Yeah. I forgot yeah, it was. You can flash it. It's a 10 mana card. All right, guys. It's 10 mana. Yeah. Eight blue, blue, flash. The creators the creators are all so good. I hope they bring them back in a different form. You draw seven cards at the end of your end step, at the beginning of your end step, and each opponent's maximum hand size was reduced by seven. So if someone has an, uh, you have an unlimited hand size card, it doesn't really You're matter. You're fine, right. But for everyone else, this just means end of turn, discard your hand. Yes. Just pretty brutal. Um, and in terms of like controlling and locking out the game, I feel like this is one of the best ways to do it because you don't need to counter anything anymore. Yeah. And yeah, everybody's just top turn, decking, especially this with, uh, what do you call it? The Ar- Arcane Laboratory? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. you get to untap? No, no, no. The uh, only one spell per turn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arcane Laboratory. So it's like then you have a lock, especially with counter spells. Especially if you're drawing seven cards at the end of your turn. Yep. Um, yeah, I love this idea. I would think about it. I know Josh likes the Perplexing Chimera lock. Oh, this card's so good, Perplexing Chimera. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yes. Then I thought, does it work in the deck? I think it does. With Capsize, it's great. With Capsize, capsize. Deadeye Navigator, right? So I have thought about putting that in here. The only thing is, just like you said, it's how do I get it back after, after somebody else has it? Because now they can start taking my spells. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as long as it's not a counter spell that I'm using, they've now taken control of my spell. Right. Yeah, it's tough because, it, like, we're talking about five mana, six mana spells here, and at a certain point, you just have to not play those because you're just right. really... And adding in something like Deadeye Navigator doesn't work as well with the rest of the deck. Mm-hmm. Like, that would work yeah, with might that not, combo. But. That, the problem is, I think Deadeye is not good by itself. When right. we talked about the Pickles lock, and I was like, well, well this both cards a- work. But here, I think Deadeye doesn't work with anything else, really. And perplexing is good, but I don't know. I don't know if you can really maximize it. It's really at home in the flicker deck because Absolutely. it's because the it's one deck. Commander. Rune is yeah. unbelievable with that. Yeah. that like, basically, if you have a way to repeatedly flicker perplexing yeah. chimera, you like nobody can do anything except board wipe. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Blatant Thievery is a card that has been played in uh, our, the Great other card. Josh in our playgroup plays it in his uh, hell of a deck, Jaleva. So good. Um, I find that this almost always wins games too because you it's a three for one usually sometimes a four for one mm-hmm. well you, you get the best stuff you get the best stuff and it's a permanent so you can even take away a land from them if you wanted to um, um, and it's permanent control it's not till end of turn you want to read it yeah four blue 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 sorcery for each opponent gain control of target permanent that player control so Oof. you get to pick one permanent from each player the best one and grab it and it's yours it wins but sometimes somebody goes okay fine board wipe right or well, that's I've had this happen before, artifacts. too, Blame. is somebody uses a Homeward Path, you know, something that was mentioned earlier. True. 
Uh, seven mana is high for something like this, but this is the best one, better than uh, uh, like Spelljack, because mm -hmm. you do, well, I guess different from Spelljack. Spelljack's good in its own right. Yeah, another card that arguably has a place in the deck as well. I mean, the nice thing about Blatant Thievery is you can take a Planeswalker. Yep. You can take artifacts based on the board you can really take the ideal things because you know if hey this person has a board wipe then just take four guild of lotuses yep i, I would mean, i would probably put spelljack in before be i would put though. this in <laughs> just because with spelljack it kind of counters it and i could hold it up so if it is a board wipe or something like that something like this there's two things against it for me one is the seven mana cost and two is the sorcery mm -hmm. other than that it's a phenomenal card it's an interesting choice, nonetheless. Uh, it's so a great choice. There's so many options with a blue deck. Um, I think the big thing that this deck really needs is just a focused way of deciding how to win. I think stacks speaks the most clearly to it, especially if you're going to continually make drakes, if those drakes are drawing you cards, um, and if you can stop people from playing more than one spell a turn. This yeah. deck has such a better time than someone being able to play... Because, I mean, we've seen EDH decks that play their entire deck in a single turn. Yeah. yeah. So the ability to stop them from, you know, doing something insane like that and just limit them to one spell a turn seems like the best way to keep pecking in Death by a Thousand Cuts. Stacks, stacks is a great idea for a build on this or a revision on this. I do like that idea. When you do, let me know so I can play my Animar deck. And don't <laughs> tell Josh. Oh, man. Why did we do this? Why? Why? <laughs> we just, uh, now we can't even complain when it happens. Oh, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to feel like I won, partly. True. I mean, well, we won, right? We well, both helped. That's always the thing. When you do when <laughs> you, you do see like one of your recommendations in one of your friend's decks, you're like, I helped do that. Yeah. You know, you're like, even if they win, you're like, eh, I kind of won that. It's hard to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was kind of me. Yeah. yeah I'm kind of the Michael Phelps. <laughs> Good for me. I was the Michael Phelps. <laughs> I'm the Michael Phelps with that game. <laughs> Magic no, that's that's what I love about this game is because it's so everybody can be on the same page about this. It's all very logical. It's not like uh, you know political or anything like that. Um, and you can see when somebody else you know does something off one of your recommendations. It's it's rewarding. <laughs> well, Craig, I'm glad that you made this deck. I think it's. I appreciate that you guys are helping me revise it because a lot a, of these things I haven't even thought of, and I'm like, oh, that really does make a lot of it's sense. It's a hard deck to build, I think, and I think people are usually scared to make it as well. How so? Well, you just don't. No one's your friend when you pull out Tauron. Everyone's like, oh, come on, oh, no. This Here's is the now other this. Thing. You can do like Our such an inexpensive yeah. build on this, and it can be so effective. I mean, right. if you just fill it with cantrips and, and counter spells. You spell like spend like ten cents a piece at uh, cardkingdom.com. You like <laughs> fill up your cart with a bunch of like instants and sorceries, cheap ones. You can really do some crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think this is actually one of the best uh, budget builds you can make in Absolutely. terms of power level and just how much it will cost you to make the whole deck. Yeah. Um, it also features the best card in Magic which makes it a great second or third deck for somebody, somebody who's already kind of like built their deck. Mm -hmm. This so, is a great second, you know, deck to really kind of add a little bit of uh, variation to, you know, what you're playing. I mean, I, I like having a deck like you said that, like, and I used this the other night, which is like if somebody just every once in a while, like on a night, you just get attacked by the same player first three times in a row or something, and it's just like, what did I do? Why are you coming after me? And I'm just like, nope. And I'll and and to be able to just be like, dude, you are attacking me when there are when it's when there are options for you, you're choosing me every time for some <laughs> reason. That's not cool. We have blood feud. I'm pulling out my counterspell deck, and next game, you're not gonna have a very I'm not gonna win, you're not gonna win. 
and I'm happy with that. And if you're happy with it, keep attacking me all the time because yeah. I'll just I'm happy to play this deck. And you know what? They'll usually that gives you a way to bring them to the negotiating table, and they'll 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 ease off the gas pedal most of the time. Right. And then yeah. they can go back to like rolling the dice to figure out who they're attacking and not just defaulting to you. Right. So I like having a deck that I can go to for that. Mine's Mizix, yours is Talrand. They both work in that way. Um, the but, table is also very often happy to let you do your thing. Well, you announce it to the table, and then the other players are like, great, they're going to go at it, so we don't have to worry about them. Mm-hmm. And they sort of let you do your thing, and, and they like think it's funny. And, and it kind of is. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I, would, I would caution you, like, you can't do it over and over and over and over. And right. Then you're becoming the person that needs to have somebody pull a counterspell deck out on. But doing it once and just to make that statement and just sending that message can be very, very strong. Well, knowing that you're willing to and you don't mind is the other one. Too. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, you know, as I've mentioned a few times about why I built this deck, you know, and other people should think about this, too. If you do play a lot of uh, two-headed giant or multiplayer, or, you know, or teams, it is a great, great yeah, it's super support deck. Yeah. I mean, like almost unbeatable. If somebody else has a good deck that's unbeat- almost unbeatable by itself, having this kind of support with a bunch of counter spells really takes it to the next level yep that is uh that's how we played battle for zendikar sealed uh two-headed giant all two-headed giant in sealed is that's the best way to play it if you can which is one deck with all the permission stuff Mm -hmm. and one deck that actually can win and you don't even need a single win con the other one yeah that or mill has to be the best in two-headed giant sealed. and the fact that this creates blockers too in two-headed giant you know flying blockers yeah, so you're just doing everything. You're like, don't worry, I'll stop what they're doing. You just concentrate on winning. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and yeah, it's great. Um, to the listeners, yeah. How do you guys feel about counterspell.deck? Do you like playing against it? Is there any creative fun way that someone has used it that maybe changed your mind where you're like, I don't like counterspell.deck? And then you're like, okay, that deck's mine. All right, that was fine. Yeah, I was like, oh man, that was actually kind of sweet. Our playgroup's nice where I don't think there's a lot of animosity towards these type of decks. Like, I've. Well. Not yet. They haven't won as much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Once I said, like winning, I said, Craig we'll pulled this deck out, and I know because of me on a few occasions, and I'm like, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I would do that too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Acceptable. Acceptable. It I, is one of those things it. where when you see it come out, you're like, I know why that's happening. Yes, okay. I deserve that. <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> And a reminder that Card Kingdom is holding that deckless brewing contest. It's called the Inventors Fair Contest. You need to go to cardkingdom.com for the details. We are judging the Rushmi Eternities Crafter EDH deck. You need to submit by uh, Sunday, October 9th to have a chance to win a booster box of Kaladesh. Yep, and there are two other challenges if you want to build a standard deck or a casual deck. We're judging as well as Loading Ready Run and Magic the Amateuring. So again, all the details are in the description box below. And of course, don't forget to use our affiliate link if you're just buying some cards. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And one last little thing uh, to talk about Card Kingdom before we get back to the show. Really exciting. Uh, I got a package in the mail the other day, and this was all that was in it, Josh. It is two awesome tokens from Jeff Stumpo. We got a monk token and a manifest token. Yeah, he printed it out and then put it onto a card. So it, on the back, it looks like a magic card. But Pretty so sweet, really Jeff. Sweet. Thank you very much. You know, anytime anybody wants to send us something cool, they can go ahead and do it. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is that he sent stuff uh, for the inventor sweepstakes for another contest to Card Kingdom. And it's like, these are for Jimmy and Josh. Next time you send them something, 
they didn't send us anything else. They literally just sent us this in a package immediately. So it's like, thanks, guys. That was really cool of you. I feel like Card Kingdom just has like this manic need to just send things where they need to go as fast as possible every time, <laughs> no matter what. No matter what. Got to go fast. <laughs> Live fast, die young. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the answer where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Craig. Have you seen any movies recently? Done anything cool? Read a book? Read a book. TV series? Anything cool? Went for a job. Uh, saw Stranger Things, which is amazing. Everybody should see that. Saw Ghostbusters. Sure. I liked it. I really mm. enjoyed it. I thought okay. it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and recently got a tent. That's really cool. You got a tent? Yeah. Where are you going camping? So I went up to Big Sur before the fire. Oh, so it was sweet. unreal. Yeah, sweet. Um, got this tent that like hangs in the trees. It was sick. Had a great time for two days and looking to go back soon. Man, I took a bunch of drone footage up in Big Sur. Uh, I haven't posted it yet, but I will. Well, I'm going to Iceland and Copenhagen and everything, so I'll try to put that all together. But Big Sur is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Absolutely. It was unreal, yeah. yeah. I can only imagine having a drone there by those cliffs. Oh, man, dude. it's crazy. That's sweet. Good yeah. stuff, yeah. That's is cool. that where your drone almost hit the cliff when you were driving? No, that was up in the San Gabriel Mountains. Also, there was a fire there, too. Wait, so while wow. you were driving? Do you have one of those GPS things that it like yeah, tracks? I, you? I can set it to follow, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I set it to follow my car because I was driving around this road at the, like the top and it, of the it mountains. almost hit a tree or something. Well, yeah, I didn't notice the road was at like an incline, so the drone will keep distance, but it won't keep altitude, so sure. it didn't keep mm-hmm. going up as I went up. Oh. And then so like as I turned a corner, there was a cliff there, which it should have gone above, but because it didn't change altitude, it like went right for the cliff. And I'm driving, so I can't do much. I just reach over and tell it to just climb in the air. And it misses the cliff by less than six inches. Yeah, yeah. It's great. The footage is you just <laughs> you like, can see oh, on the footage like it's literally that's like great. Yeah. I want to see that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, maybe we'll post a link to that in the show notes. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Make sure to check out our sister podcast, our good friend Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about uh, modern and all things competitive magic. You can find them Smart on Twitter people. at the MM Cast. Alex and Craig are actually the ones that got us into Commander, so they mm-hmm. are tangentially the reason Alex, that we are. Alex is phenomenally smart at figuring out modern. This kid has been playing modern for the longest time, knows every deck, knows the ins and outs, knows what's good, what's bad. It's a great, great podcast. Wow. we got to bring Craig on just to hype up other big things stuff. we're yeah, playing. You're, yeah, you're just the hype <laughs> man. All right, you can find them on Rocket Junk on rocketjump.com right next to us under the podcast tab. You can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. Our editor for that show and the audio show is Terry Robertson. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, he makes an awesome video version. You can see all the cards that we're talking about as well as our beautiful faces because, uh, uh, well, Craig's beautiful face. Josh and I, are, we're his hype man when it comes to that. Yeah, uh, Craig's face is beautiful. So beautiful. Dude, Craig, it looks so good right Whoa. now. Go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer. Uh, you can find him at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. He makes all of the animations in that uh, the video version that sort of intro the show and stuff. And that's, uh, he does a great job with that. So make sure you check it out. All right, Craig, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Can I mention one more thing? Sure. Sure. I was thinking about putting Cokes from the Blind Eternities in this deck. I'd um, love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, it is a sorcery, and it is a win condition. Yeah. Go but find the biggest Eldrazi you got. But so, it doesn't stay, but it doesn't clog your deck up with a creature. Exactly. Interesting. I get a Drake, and I get to search for somewhat of an answer. You know, my thought is that uh, I can search it for uh, new, uh, new Ulamog, exile to permanence. Destroy a permanent and have an, uh, an indestructible creature. An old Ulamog. Exactly. You know, just a uh, different... You Emrakul? Probably. You Take know. your turn. I would yeah. love to see what you guys have, uh, have to say in the comments. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace.
Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.